You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue. this, this the pod is the pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Backs officially against the wall. It is gut check time for the Knicks. This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beard. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFAN original. We got plenty to get to on today's show. We got a recap of game three, a game made many Knicks fans, I'm sure, want to forget as the Knicks got blown out in Miami, now trailing the series 2 1. We'll talk about what happened in that game, how the Knicks were unable to get out of the starting blocks. And some of the big injuries, or at least one injury that happened in that game. We'll talk about Emmanuel quickly spraining his ankle in the fourth quarter of that game. He is now listed as doubtful for game four. So we'll talk about his impact in this series and whether or not he'll be able to make a return. And we will give you a full preview of game four, which is uh, we're recording this Monday morning. So later today, you'll have uh, Heat Knicks game four. It's a Close to a must-win, I think, as you can get here as the Knicks trail 2-1. Going down 3-1 to New York would be um, really, really tough sledding for the Knicks moving forward. So big game on Monday night. A lot to talk about from Saturday. Again, Tommy is here. Tommy, how are you feeling right now? Uh, that was ugly. No no two yeah. ways about it, EJ. We'll, uh, we'll get into the particulars and the details, the adjustments, et cetera. Um, but they didn't compete. I thought they didn't compete at a sufficient level, um, got punched in the mouth, didn't respond. Um, Miami was consistently first to the first uh, team to the floor for loose balls time and again. Um, yeah. uh, Julius Randle did not uh, play with the appropriate focus, uh, attention, and int- int- intensity um, that they need. Um, and uh, and they shot eight of 40 from three-point territory. You sum it up, it's a 20-point loss that could have been 40. Um, yeah. But it's one loss. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, tonight, Monday night, a must-win game. They won the first must-win game, which was game two at the Garden. Um, they'll look to win a second must-win game tonight at uh, in Miami. So uh, let's talk about it, shall we? Yes, a big difference in this must-win is Jimmy Butler will be on the floor most likely in this game. So, um, yes, we will talk about that game. We'll also recap game three. Again, this is EJ and Tommy, Orange and Blue Buds, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFN original, a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes. Every time we drop, we drop three times a week, so we got two more episodes coming. We'll have more recaps, more previews of the rest of the games in this series. We know we will have, at the very least, um, a game four and a game five. We'll see if we have a Friday game six, but we will be here regardless. So again, Orange and Blue Bloods is where it's at. Make sure you can follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on YouTube. Uh, hit us up, um, WFAN YouTube channel, Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. You can get the videos of these episodes as well. So let's begin with game three. The Knicks, once again, trail in the Eastern Conference semifinals in their series against the Heat getting blown out in game three, final score 105-86. It was a complete flop of, a, of an offensive performance by the Knicks, who shot, as Tommy mentioned, eight for 40 from three-point range. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks with 20 points. Josh Hart had 15. RJ Barrett had 14 on five of 16 shooting. Julius Randle had 10 points on four of 15 shooting. He did have 14 rebounds. Uh, Heat star Jimmy Butler returned to the lineup, did not play in game two after spreading his ankle in game one. Comes back into the lineup, has a big impact. 28 points for Butler in this one. Max Struess had 19 points in this one. Bam Adebayo added 17. It was a wire-to-wire win for Miami. They took the lead in the beginning, never relinquished it, um, took an early double-digit lead in the first quarter, and really never looked back. The Knicks really failed to compete in this game. The Heat led by as much as 21, 22 points in this win. Knicks, meanwhile, struggled with their shooting, struggled with their lack of physicality, and struggled with their lack of touch toughness in matching Miami's energy from the start. So, uh, I'll begin with that, Tommy. I mean, we, you mentioned it a little bit. And let's talk about the intensity and the toughness aspect of this game that they lost in game three. What happened on that side? Why did the Knicks look so sluggish? Yeah, I mean, listen, we can talk about, you know, the, they're too quick to double-team double Jimmy Butler, um, Miami making adjustments, 
um, Spo putting Jimmy Butler on RJ Barrett um, and, yeah. and Tibbs not uh, effectively adjusting his route. You know, he's basically running the same plays and getting, you know, trying to isolate uh, RJ Barrett to the wing as if it was Gabe Vincent that, that was covering him. So there are little things here and there and you got to make shots. It's a make him a sleek. All that is important. Um, and, you know, maybe the three pointers would have been the reason they lost had it been a close game. But the reason it wasn't a close game, um, and and really for the entirety of the game, it seemed like the Knicks uh, were down double digits, was because right from the very start, Miami, in in kind of a continuation of uh, of game two, which they lost, and basically since the start of the series, they physically, they they were the more physically imposing, the more locked in, the the team that played harder, the team that played with more effort, um, and it manifested itself in in a bunch of different ways. Um, But I think, listen, We've done this podcast for four or five months now. We've given Julius Randle plenty of credit, and he's deserved Absolutely. plenty of credit for his performance. Yeah, the regular season. We've argued he should be an all-star. He was. We've argued he should be an all-NBA nominee this year, and he should be. He played fantastically well, 25-10-4 in the, in the regular season. Knicks exceeded yep. expectations, et cetera. Um, he's the team's highest-paid player. Therefore, he gets credit when the team does well, and he deserves to be knocked when the team doesn't play well, and he deserves to be excoriated when he doesn't, when he puts forth an effort um, that is just not, listen. If the ankle's hurting, then get him off the floor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, listen. This is big boy leagues. If you're on the floor, you, you, you expect to produce. You expect to perform. Um, he seemed to be able to go to the basket, and and you know, uh, even though he didn't make his shots, he seemed, his ankle seemed fine on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, his lack of urgency on closeouts. Um, you know, three minutes into the game, you know, leaves Max Struess open for a, a corner three pointer. A guy that's killed the Knicks this entire series. He got hot. Um, again, he got his first one. And, and throughout the contest, there were multiple occasions where it was jarring to see the the lack of effort uh, that, that Julius Randle played with. And that's inexcusable. Um, he deserves to be called out for it. Um, and it may seem like a little, and we know he won't. Because it may seem like a little thing, but I, I wanted to. I, I, I this morning I, I, I thought about. It, I said, let's. I want to make sure. So I'm going to do it in my first little soliloquy here. The fact that Julius Randle took the technical free throw yeah. at the end of the third quarter was, I thought, was just kind of emblematic of the things that have troubled the of all the high points and the feel good stories around the Knicks. Like I thought, it was emblematic on this game with the Knicks getting blown out, Julius Randle about to get yanked, playing terribly uh, throughout the game, both offensively and defensively, worse, not playing hard, um, somehow was allowed to take that technical free throw, I think reflects on, um, you, you know, the, the lack of accountability he's had since the moment he arrived in New York. Um, yeah. And I just I, I contrasted with four out five hours later, whatever it was, the Laker game, Lakers-Warriors, 1-1 in L.A., uh, technical free throws in the second half. The, the Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron freaking James on their team. And who takes the technicals? Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder. No egos involved, no pride on the line. The guy who gives the team the best chance to make the free throw, who's the best free throw shooter, takes the free throw. So, um, you know, all, all, all that's to say. Um, the Knicks have a lot to do. A lot of it, you know, has and, you know, hopefully Tibbs makes some adjustments. But a lot of it's walking into the game and saying we're not going to be out toughed. Uh, we're going to play hard and give ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, talking about Tibbs and Randall. I thought that this was a deeply unserious performance from those two gentlemen, starting with Julius Randle. Um, you mentioned leaving Struess open. He had a closeout in this game. I think it was on Struess that was one of the worst closeouts I've ever seen. I mean, I guess he de- technically ran the guy off the line, but he, he ran him off so easily and put Struess in such a terrible position, he put the defense in a terrible position that it left someone else wide open for a three-point shot. I mean, it was literally Kyle, like – Kyle Lowry in the corner for – Yeah, for, Lowry in the corner for a three. It was like – You're uh, right, Randall like runs you – know, stiff, runs at him, barely makes an effort. Just yeah, it's like when you're finishing your last suicide after, yes. you know, your coach had you running in practice and you're just trying to get through it. That's what Randall was doing in that game now. I don't know if it was a conditioning thing. But he was doing this from the first quarter. It wasn't even like, oh, he started out the game and then slowly, slowly he got worse. Like he he was just not um, locked in at all in that end. And, you know, you're, you're in some ways, I think when Randall looks like that, I think it demoralized the team. Now, it's not an excuse for the rest of the team to not right. show up. But I think when they see him kind of lagging around, I think they know, OK, this is going to be a tough one. And, you know, and because they know, I mean, they need Randall to produce. They, he, he's a very important player. We've seen that in this series already. So. 
I think that when he comes out with that disposition, it puts the Knicks behind the eight ball, not just because he's actually killing the team, which he was on Saturday, but also I think he's kind of a morale hit as well. And Tom Thibodeau, a disaster class from that coach. Um, start the game, as you mentioned, they put Jimmy Butler on RJ and no adjustment to say, okay, our early game script of running the gate offense through RJ, probably not great right now because they're putting Jimmy Butler on him. Maybe you test him early because you want to see the ankle, but once you kind of see, okay, the ankle was good, he looks like he's locked in. I mean, RJ got the ball the first play, Butler knocks it out of his hands off him, key basketball. Like, it was like, okay, Jimmy Butler is locked in defensively. He's going to be fine. And they kept running plays through RJ. I don't think it got him in, the, in a good rhythm because now he's doing something he shouldn't be doing, isolating against a guy like Jimmy Butler where I think, uh, had he been getting maybe some open looks, some open threes, maybe some stuff to the transition, maybe he could have got his game going. So not only were you, did you put yourself behind eight ball because now you're not getting anything offensively, but then one of your best players who hasn't been playing well got completely out of rhythm because you couldn't adjust on the fly to what they were doing. It, the substitutions in this game were so nonsensical because they were non-existent. Like, I can't stand seeing that team, that starting unit, look as inept as they look, looked as disinterested as they looked in both the first quarter and the third quarter, and no subs. I'm sitting there in third quarter, especially like you're sitting there, and the Heat are they, they, they Knicks started off good because RJ Barrett kind of woke up and he tried to kind of get the Knicks back in. They cut it to 10, and Heat go on another big one. Now you're down by 18 19. Hardenstein's the only sub. I'm like, where is Emmanuel quickly? Where is Quentin Grimes, like, you're not – all these guys aren't making shots. We need to get somebody who out there can make some shots. And it was like Tibbs threw the – waved the white flag early by leaving the starters in. Like, I, I, I don't understand when – and I know he, he he rides his starters. He trusts these guys and all that stuff. But I don't understand how you could see a game kind of tilting one way and still stick to whatever script you had to start the game. But Tibbs does that consistently. There were so like, – like, there were so many times in that game where – the unit that was out there was getting outworked, out hustled, and you needed to make a change, not even just to send a message, just to try to change the momentum of what was going on. And instead, he seemed to be totally fine with them kind of continuing to sink into the quicksand. So uh, it was a terrible performance from Tom Thibodeau. Randall was just as bad, if not worse. And the team followed. And those are two of the three leaders of this team. Uh, Brunson didn't have a great first quarter. I thought he tried to pick it up in the second quarter. I think he kind of did keep them in the game somewhat. But – if you got that kind of performance in those two guys and that kind of lack of interest and in kind of figuring out how to get themselves out of that hole by those two guys, then they weren't going to have a chance to win that game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of adjustments and and rotations, et cetera, I think it's uh, the 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 heart and the starting lineup has finally run its course. I think absolutely. You know, uh, we talked about it prior to Game Three, and uh, I thought it was fair on your part to say, "Listen, give Hart one more game and, and kind of see where this goes." Um, but now, um, you know, you mentioned Brunson's offensive struggles. Um, obviously, he did compete, clearly limited by that ankle injury, um, which impacts his defense and, and continues to be a liability on that end of the floor. Um, but one of the issues is just the lack of spacing, um, you know, right from the opening tip um, when he's surrounded by uh, Barrett and Hart. Um, it's I mean, the weak side help is, you know, the way, you know, 10, 15 feet off Hart, uh, daring Barrett to shoot three pointers. Um, and it's because it's a, a successful game plan. It really crowds the paint. Um, and, and, you know, Barrett, uh, Brunson's office is that 12 to 15 foot range where uh, he can use his footwork and deception and head fakes to, to get looks fadeaways yep. um, floaters um, those those looks aren't there um, you know against Cleveland I thought Cleveland you know figured we got bigs you know we got those those two twin towers down low um, we can prevent that but um, you know th- th- that wasn't the case because you know Brunson had some room to operate um, and and but but you know Miami they're gonna have to you know put Grimes back in the starting lineup uh, you know, bump Josh Hart to the bench. I think it makes the decision even easier, um, given the fact that IQ is uh, going to miss game, most likely, listed as doubtful, as you mentioned, going to miss game four, um, which really yeah. leaves the the bench, uh, which has been badly outplayed, surprisingly, in a series um, in dire straits. So this way you bump Hart back to the bench, kind of um, 
puts a little, you know, support in that unit, um, you know, without their, their kind of leader second, their, their best player in, in Emmanuel quickly. Um, so, uh, and just to kind of try to try to change the vibes here, things aren't working, obviously, um, you know, uh, you know, again, we, we've, we've, you know, painted a, a daunting picture and it should be so, um, you know, uh, the reality is it's not just that the Knicks are down to one. It's the way they've looked, you know, outside of the final five, six minutes of game two, they've been yeah. badly outplayed. You know, it was Hart hitting those big three pointers and, and Brunson get, you know, Grimes just happened to be on the floor um, and, and Brunson making some baskets and they were able to close out that game to win game one, game three. Um, but but just as just as importantly, it's the way game three looked. Um, it's it, in a way it reminds me of kind of the Knicks versus the Cavs in the prior series. Cavs yeah. just looked outmanned, out physical, you know, not ready for the big stage, not ready for the bright lights. Um, and that's and that's kind of the way that the, the Knicks have looked in this series. Um, but I just will mention um, the last two times the Knicks have gone down two one to Miami, um, lost game three and gone down to one to Miami. They've won both those series. It's not common in NBA history, um, but 2000 yeah. Knicks went down to one, um, came back and won the series in seven. Uh, 1998 Knicks went down to one in the first round, uh, came back to win after losing game three, came back to win the next two games. So um, there's, you know, obviously reason for optimism. It starts with tonight. It's, but you know, again, it starts with an effort. Um, all's not lost. The Knicks ha have yeah. played well this year, just when you're ready to count them out. Um, but again, they need to come out and play hard. Um, and, and I expect them to do that. Um, then, you you know, that, then it gets down to results um, and, and, and making shots, et cetera. Uh, but that's the first step. Yeah. I mean, what we've seen in these playoffs is teams coming out uh, in games that they don't necessarily have to get and not playing with any real intensity. I mean, this is yep. that's yep. the one thing I try to remind myself, similar to what we were talking about during the regular season when the Knicks kept blowing these big leads and was like, why are they blowing these big leads? What's going on? And then you realize, well, this is kind of just a problem around the league. Or when it comes to defending the three, it's like, why did Knicks give up so, so many threes? It's like, well, Knicks defensively, in terms of most of the metrics, they're actually one of the top teams in terms of giving up the three. It's just everybody. These, this is what's happening in the league. And this year what we've seen is teams that are going into games, uh, they split the first two, they go in that next game. If they don't need to get that game, they usually give a lackluster effort and they get blown out. So I felt like, and I hinted at it, in the last podcast we did, that game three was going to be a really tough game, emotional game for the Heat. Uh, you know, Dream Butler coming back, uh, kind of an uphill battle. And, you know, you'd have to kind of be up for the challenge in order to compete. Knicks weren't up to the challenge. Now this is a game where the Knicks truly have their backs against the wall. Season truly is on the line. And you hope you get a different result. But it's going to have to start with a lot more energy, a lot more effort. I think the the bigs need to have much bigger impact. I think Mitchell Robinson feels – I feel like he's been kind of neutralized in this series. He really didn't have much of an impact at all in game uh, three. He got in early foul trouble, so that didn't help either. But um, but he needs to have a much bigger impact. And I just I just hope that they're able to find a way to, you know, get whatever they need in terms of that mental edge and ramp it up. This is a Miami Heat team that's just not going to give you anything. Like, this is not the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are one of those teams where you could punch them early and you don't have to worry about them for the rest of the game. And this is a different team. This is a team that's going to take punches and keep getting up. They're going to take punches and punch back. And then you got to get up. Like, that's what this series is going to be about. So if Knicks aren't up to the task, they'll be dispatched in the series very quickly. I think the, the good news is you're in a series where you could be down 3-0. Yeah. And it's 2-1, yep. yep. realistically. So you say, hey, this the series is there's plenty right ahead of you. You win one game. It's best of three with home court advantage. So, uh, it all comes down to to Monday being an important game. Before we talk about quick, what do you see from Butler in game three? How did you think he looked? I know he started out the game strong. Uh, he did tweak the ankle midway through that game. He didn't seem 100% after that, but played through it, hit a big bucket to kind of like seal the game in, in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter to kind of show, hey, I'm, I'm still good. Uh, what did you see from Butler from game three? Yeah, he looked good. Um, I thought he looked, uh, especially as you mentioned, started the game. Uh, I think that little tweak is a concern for for Miami going forward. Obviously, I, I expect him to play game four, um, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, should he you know tweak it again? I mean, that's the thing you never know about these series. That's why you compete. That's why you hate to give up. Um, you know, postseason games because you know you're only one ankle injury away. You're only one. Um, you know, Giannis falling on his back or Kyrie stepping on the referee's foot from really changing the dynamic um, of a series. Um, so you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, you know, I just thought. Um, 
there's just a it just as important as his offensive production and he's been otherworldly obviously this postseason and you know and, and the series when he's been on the floor um has, has been fantastic but just that comp kind of confidence that swagger um it, it's a difference between you know him and just kind of the out of control chaos of randall and um yeah. you know and, and it, it, it just you know we, we talked about quickly and we'll talk about his struggles like we haven't seen quickly skip at all. Remember, you know, during the regular season, right, he's yeah. skipping down the floor if they hit three pointers. Yeah. Um, you know, we just we we haven't seen it. Obviously, you know what comes first, the chicken or the egg? When you're playing well, you you, you kind of exude that right. confidence, and you're eating pizza and chicken wings in the post game presser, and we're all laughing and <laughs> having a good time. Um, and when things aren't that way, but you know, with Jimmy Butler, even in game two, when they're losing, he's standing and flipping the birds, the fans, he just embraces that villain role. Um, and, but more importantly than that, when the, the lights come on and the, and the game starts, he hits those tough fadeaways with the shot clock running down. Um, yep. and it's just a perfect, uh, complimentary piece to all those gritty grinder undrafted, you know, Kevin Love was waived. There's just a lot of stories there of guys kind of overcoming odds um, where the Knicks have kind of embraced that underdog attitude. Um, the, the Heat have really bought into that. Um, and, you know, they've they've proven it, uh, you know, by performing well in the postseason. So, um, yeah, I think he looks good. Obviously, they need him healthy. Um, they need his, you know, they need him offensively. They need him defensively. Um, but just as much, I think, is it, it shows the importance of, of veteran leadership. Um, Lowry in the same respect. Um, yeah. calming the game down, hitting big shots when, when they're needed. Um, but just kind of that attitude and confidence. Um, you know, you talked about, I thought that was a good point. You, you discussed how Randall's, um, those bad Randall games, those bad Randall moments, that bad Randall body language uh, can kind of, uh, you know, infect the rest of the team. I think yeah. Butler does that the opposite way, just kind of infects the, the heat with happiness and joy and grit and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, he he really helped them a great deal. They lifted their defensive uh, intensity as well. Um, Knicks yeah. helped them a great deal by just not making any open shots, pretty much. Yeah. But still, like like he, I think what he set the tone again early on. First pass Knicks make, he's deflecting it off RJ Barrett out of bounds. It just, got, it just set a tone for how that game was going to go. I thought he looked really good. It would be interesting to see how the ankle recovers from game to game. Now that we're right. going every other night that you're playing, he tweaked yep. it in the game, didn't seem hundred percent, made a couple buckets late, but you know, that adrenaline will get you through the game. It's the next yep. day. And then the following day of trying to get ready to play again, that would be interesting to see. So we'll see uh, with Butler. You can't take any chances though. I do think one of the keys to this loss also was the Knicks defensive strategy on Butler. I mean, we didn't have this supernova Jimmy game. We haven't gotten one in either of the two games that he played, but the Knicks are still treating him like he's the 56-point Jimmy Butler that we saw in the first round. Uh, I mean, Brunson is double-teaming off Struis one pass away. to give up wide-open threes. Like, that That can't happen. Like, you got to, at some point, trust your individual defenders. Like, if you're going to match Hart with him every minute he's on the floor, then Hart's got to play him. Or if you're going to put different guys on him, you got to trust that your defense as a, as a team can stay solid. Because there are certain guys that you should not be leaving. Like Struce should not be getting left. Duncan yeah. Robinson should not be getting left. Like, you know, if you want to leave Caleb Martin, you want to leave Vince and some of these guys, take a chance with those threes, that's fine and see how see if they make them. But it seemed like there again, it just seemed like there really was no it didn't seem like there was really any strategy. Like it just seemed like they came in with something of a game plan and there was like kind of no adjustment to how the game was going. And that can't happen anymore. Like this is a team, a heat team that adjusts too well, they're too well coached. And everybody, including the head coach, is going to have to lift his game up in order for the Knicks to win this series. Is that simple? I, I mean, that's the thing that I think has got to worry you most from from a Knicks fan perspective is that the Heat haven't really played an A game yet, and they no. comfortably have a comfortable two one lead. You know, they're shooting thirty one percent from the, you know the Knicks are shooting an abominable twenty seven percent three, um, but the Heat are only shooting thirty percent from three. That thirty one percent from three, like Struess is going to make more threes. Duncan Robinson hasn't had like a five point. Get, three-point game yet he you know he's going to get hot at some point or you know he, he had that he played well in game two but um you know just just all around like there's just and, and yes I totally agree on the Butler thing um too quick to double team listen if he scores you know 23 in the first half and you know it was up to 37 in the third like okay let's adjust and you know but I, I really think they have to take the tact of let somebody else you know he's gonna if he makes those tough twos makes those those long jumpers you tip your hat to him yeah you gotta also, live with him. 
absolutely go underneath screens on Butler guy averaged 0.6 make three pointers per game during the regular season even the postseason he's making less than two per game um he's never been a good three-point shooter um again if he makes them tip your hat um but you can't leave as you mentioned you know you know easy open short corner looks um you know strong side help off Struess and Lowry and Duncan Robinson etc um those are things that are going to get you in real trouble um so I agree with you um I think I definitely think that's one adjustment they should make and um you know before we move on to the kind of quickly and, and going yeah. forward just uh, you know we, we've talked about randall you know with two guys we've focused on a lot in this first segment uh randall and, and uh, uh jimmy butler obviously i just think it's it's so interesting in sports uh especially you know um how we there are certain guys who perform well in the regular season and then take it to another level in the postseason you know yeah um, you know and, and it, even if you even if you match your averages in the postseason your regular season averages in the in the postseason that makes you a good postseason player you know like yeah, absolutely was, was credited for for doing that um and and it, i just don't know if there's two more conscious Contrary players, two great players in the NBA as Randall and and, and Jimmy Butler. Um, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler has, in his career with the Miami Heat, has scored 40 points in the regular season zero times. He scored 40 points in the postseason eight times. Wow. Julius Randall has scored 40 points in the regular season for the Knicks nine times. He scored 40 points in the postseason zero times. He's never scored more than 25 points. In a I was going to say, has he even scored 30? Like, I don't, I don't even remember a 30 burger. Hasn't even so, scored yeah, 30. that makes 20, sense. 25 is his career high yeah. postseason. Granted, small sample size, only, you know, well, relatively small sample size, but we got I mean, two years now. We yeah, how many games series. now? I mean, we, like, yeah, 12, we have what? 12 uh, games. Five, yeah. 12 yeah, exactly. games. Julius Randle's uh, regular season per game averages this year, 25, 10, and 4, I mentioned, on 46% shooting. His his postseason averages this year, 15.3 points, uh, 34 points on 34.6% shooting, um, and and more than three turnovers per game. You know, it's just uh, – and, and and just to his, his – in, in general, his, 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 his 12, 12, you know, his 12 – postseason games are just the efficiency and production shooting under 33 percent which is the worst of any player this century who's attempted at least 200 field goals in the postseason yeah um so just uh, not a lot to like about what's going on and at this frankly at this stage of the game we've seen good hands from randall maybe we'll get one in, in in game in game four when they obviously need it but we haven't seen a great you know postseason game from Randall and uh, maybe it's time to kind of adjust our expectations and just understand that this guy certain guys are built to play really well in the regular season they have a tough time performing in the playoffs certain guys are are you know 16 game players and certain guys are 82 game players and that's the difference between Randall and Brunson and maybe the difference in the series and speaking of bad Brunson stats probably excuse me, uh, Randall stats prior to uh another Stellar performance from De- Devin Booker in Game Four for Phoenix, and they tied that series two-two. Yeah, uh, Devin Booker in the previous four games before Game Four had made more field goals in his last four games than Julius Randle had made in his entire postseason career. Uh, Sixty-three field goals made to Julius Randle sixty-one, and like I said, I said it. I Knicks won that series, and I still never took it back. Julius Randle is not a postseason player. He isn't. Like there's, no, I've seen enough. Like he's not that guy until he changes and shows me otherwise it is what it is it's unfortunate but this is who he is he's a great regular season player and we get to the postseason you better have other guys that are willing to step up and and produce because he's not gonna be able to give you that same production now injury mental situation it doesn't matter what situation it is what it is everybody's dealing with stuff everybody's dealing with some kind of injury some kind of pain and he's been unable to answer that bell enough so and I do think there's there seems to be something about him coming back from an injury and being able to play a lot better than when he has normal rest, normal you know, t- turn back coming into a game. This is not a second time where he uh, got hurt, came back, first game comes back, plays really well, and then the next game looks completely disinterested, completely out of focus, and has a, another stinker. And like we saw that in the Cleveland series, and now we're seeing it again here. So I don't know what it is about his preparation that's allowing him not to be able to bounce back after the first game. We come back and play so well, but we've seen it now again where he just doesn't seem to right have the right focus and, and, and mentality to follow up with these good games. And considering what the Knicks are asking of him, like he needs to do that. Like getting Jalen Brunson here in part 
was to lessen the load off of Julius Randle. He doesn't have to do so much ball handling. He doesn't have to do so much orchestrating. He doesn't have that excuse anymore. Like we can't say, well, they asked him to do too much. They're not asking him to do too much. They're asking him to win his individual matchup. They're asking him to play solid defense, to rebound the basketball. And the last game, he only did one of the three. He, he's not winning his individual matchup against Bam Adebayo, who really still isn't really imposing his will on this match, on this game, at, on this series at all. And he still is outplaying Julius Randle. And he's and he, and he and he couldn't make any shots and like so it's it's uh and he gave no effort and he did no effort defensively so course, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's it's like i don't know what to say at this point like we can't say he's being asked to do too much Jalen brunson is taking so much of his responsibilities and we're still getting 2021 atlanta series julius randall in the playoffs so it is what it is at this point but um again knicks lose this one and they had another big loss in this series as well because the uh Six man of the year runner up, Manuel Quickly could be out for game four. So quickly left game three in the fourth quarter after Bam Adebayo rolled into his left ankle. The team is calling it a sprain and has listed him as doubtful for game four. Uh, during the playoffs, Quickly has not been able to find a touch. He's uh, shot just uh, 34% from the field, shooting, averaging just nine points, well below his season averages. He had 12 points on four for 12 shooting on Saturday. Uh, Tommy, can the Knicks win this series without Emmanuel quickly or quickly is badly hampered by this injury moving forward? Uh, I mean, you're talking about a toll order made exponentially more difficult. I do, I will say, um, the Knicks were able to beat Cleveland in five with quickly playing poorly in, in four of those yeah. five contests. So I, I won't, I certainly won't say it's impossible. Um, but I do think they, I, I think baked into the hope Nick fans had, you know, late for, you know, start of the fourth quarter when it kind of, damn, we're going to be down two one, you know, yada, 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 maybe quickly we'll bounce back. Maybe, you know, it's yeah. we'll starting now without quickly for, you know, assuming he doesn't play game four. I don't know if he returns in game five, um, which is Wednesday only again, another only day off game um, uh, six, if needed would be Friday night. So not a, you know, again, just another one, one day off. Um, again, if he comes back, will he be at 75% of IQ or 65% or 80%? Um, so can the Knicks win this series without, uh, without a man quickly? Yes. I mean, technically they can. Um, I don't love their chances, obviously, uh, especially when you're starting from a two one hole. Um, but you know, you know, RJ Barrett makes shots, um, you know, Josh Hart, you know, contributes off the bench. Um, really what you're going to need. Um, is is Quentin Grimes to step in and step up in in, in, a, in a significant yeah. way? I'm assuming he gets bumped into the starting lineup um, tonight. At least he should. Um, and you need him to contribute uh, offensively. Remember, this is a guy that played at an incredibly high level uh, last month of the season, averaged 20 plus points, slashing 50, 40, 90. Um, he has the talent uh, to do so. Um, yeah, I know, understand he hasn't made shots, but he also has been tough to find rhythm when you don't know your role and you're bouncing around the rotations and, you, and you're not a focal point of the offense. Um, and the other thing is, this is going to open up a spot in the rotation, assuming IQ doesn't play tonight for another player. Um, I assume, you know, there was talk that Fournier or, or uh, you know, Derrick Rose, completely unfair for either player, shouldn't even be suggested. Uh, Deuce McBride has earned the opportunity to step into IQ's minutes. Um, he should play. And maybe you get um, – and, and listen, I, I don't know if IQ is going to make a couple three-pointers. They'll they'll leave him open for a couple, dare him to shoot it. Oh, um, Deuce? I'm sorry. You correct Deuce. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Maybe Deuce makes a couple. Um, you know. You, you have to hope that uh, that he that he that he knocks down. Uh, you know. Because again, they're going to dare him to, to shoot. But I know he's going to compete defensively, and, and I know yeah. he's not going to let Gabe Vincent get open looks or Struess or you, you could throw him on Jimmy Butler. You can put him on anybody. Um, he's been the Knicks. You know, um, one of the Knicks' best perimeter defenders, um, basically since he arrived in camp two years ago. Um, so there's so for that reason, um, you know, I, I think there's there's a or hope there even if iq is, is out and or limited yeah i mean i think that i think if, if iq if iq can at least be what he's been at times in this playoffs which he's had a couple good games here and there like if that means you're not getting any of that which means you know either he's not playing at all or he's completely ineffective i don't think the Knicks can win this series from what i've seen they already look like that they're in a pretty deep hole here and losing quickly for a significant amount of time where he can't even participate would be probably the death nail 
So I'm hoping that this is a one-game situation where maybe he can miss game three and come back for game four. You know, the Knicks, could they come up and have a big game and win one game without him? Sure. Uh, but, like, to go the duration of the series, whether it be five, six, or seven games, it's going to have to be at least six games going to win. That would surprise me if the Knicks somehow turned around with a man quickly having no factor. Um, I do think Deuce should get some time. But I'll be honest, I tweeted it out. I'm watching this team brick shots at the brick, shoot brick at the brick at the brick at the brick at the brick, and I'm wondering, like, it, do we got to throw Fournier out there? And Which, it's, as, it's, as, it's, as, it's, as you've called it, EJ, when he's been in there, he just, you know, like, and it's, you know, guy hasn't played in that long, so. <laughs> I know, but, like, I think about that one game he had against Philly, True. and he got thrown in. I think RJ was sick, and he got thrown in there, and he had this great game. And... Yeah, I don't know. To me, we're all parsing through stand, a lot of bad options. Game, the one yes, exactly. Okay. It's the one night stand. Like, I just feel like it, it, you're parsing through some bad options here. Yeah. But the Knicks, I know, I do want, I do know one thing that does have to happen. They're going to win the series. They cannot shoot 20% from three. Yes. Moving forward. Uh, 20% in game one, 20% in game three. Like, those, that's what those percentages cannot continue. They have to get that to at least 30. And Deuce McBride is great as he is defensively and I do think he'll make an impact. I just know I don't, I, I'll be shocked if he comes in and makes He's the guy that comes and starts making shots. And, and the way that he play, you would think that this is the team that you would think that this is the team that Fournier could guard some of these guys. Yeah. Now we, we, he's had his problems with this team in the past. So maybe that's not the case, but it's just something I would, I would start, I would start off with deuce, but I think that if I was Tibbs, I'd tell Fournier, be ready to go out there if you need to. Because if they continue to just keep missing shots, you got to get somebody out there that can make shots. You got to give yourself a chance. So I would put it on the table. I think Deuce has got to get the first crack. Um, and I think he would play even before he does get out there. But I would consider, hey, if we're just not getting any getting any threes to go down. Like we got to get someone out there that can make a shot. I don't I don't I saw someone talk about Derrick Rose. I, I don't I don't need Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose is kind of washed. I love the leadership he brings off the bench and the mentorship. I, I don't think that he's a viable NBA player at this point. I hope he proves me wrong because everybody loves D Rose, but that's just what I've seen from him this season. I know Fournier can, can hit some shots every now and then. So yeah, maybe, yeah. So maybe one of these games you have a random, I just feel like we've seen the playoffs, these random situations where a guy who hasn't played a lot goes out there and has a big game. Lit- Landry, Landry Shamit had five three pointers in the fourth quarter last night. Yeah, exactly. Didn't play in, in the in the in the two one of the two prior games, and then all of a sudden has a huge game for. for yeah, like these things happen. So like, um, I, real I, I keep looking real at four days, say maybe he could be that guy. Real quick, uh, should Jokic be suspended tomorrow, EJ? Oh, uh, I hope not. I, I say no. He, he yeah, can't. I hope not. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they will. Agreed. I I will also I'll push and say I don't think that he should. I don't think that the shove was enough no, the, on, on the issue. Yeah. yeah, she well, I mean she he really sold it. Like yeah. I don't think that that was nearly as big of a thing as the owner made it out to be. So I would say no. I think Jokic should definitely be fine. Um yes. and, and like because you just can't no matter who's there, you cannot be shoving people Agreed. in the front row. He's stupid to do it. He shouldn't have done it. If it was Bruce Brown, I can. you want to suspend him for a game. If it was a regular season, you want to suspend him for a game to, to send the message. I, I yeah. can agree with that. You cannot suspend the MVP um, in the team's most important game this season. For yeah, some- Yo- but Jokic, he, I, much as I love Jokic in his game, like he does have these incidents where he just kind of like, I don't know. He like he like he has these rage moments. Like that was weird. We, we know we saw yeah. with with Morris. I mean, a couple years ago with with Phoenix, uh, he got himself ejected. I think in the in the final game when they got swept. Like he has these things, and it's just like I don't know, dude. Like you got like I, he has the times where he does lose his cool, and Denver's got to talk to him, like because yeah. like, he's going to cost him a series one of these years with stupid stuff like this. So he shouldn't have done it. If he gets suspended, I can't I can't go crazy about it because. It's kind of like the Draymond stomp. Like, it's like, I mean, you did the thing. So, yeah, I mean, if fair, the NBA decides point. to be aggressive and say, we cannot give this any kind of slippery slope, say, well, this could be allowed, I, I can't complain. Would I do it? No, I don't think that it warrants it. But put your hands on a, on a, or put your elbow or a forearm on a fan. You kind of now leave yourself up to the jurisdiction of the league. So, very um, Who's Who's going to win the series? Who you got? I still got Denver. As long as Jokic doesn't get suspended, I'm not. I I'm still not sold in that Suns 
uh, Agreed. that Suns group. Like, I think Devin game. Booker is oh not – he's God. not going to miss. Like, that Dude. guy is going to keep playing. He I, he might be the best player in the NBA. I'm going to say – I'm going to go that far. Like, I think when you look at, at – at least offensively, like, I, I think uh, he doesn't impact the game the same way defensively. Oh, yeah, 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 think yeah. about the best players, like, I mean – of Jokic, who's looking great, and Bede hasn't looked that great. Kevin uh, Kevin Durant? Yeah, Durant's on his team, and it's very clear who the best player is on the team. It's not yes. Kevin Durant. Like, Booker, maybe he's just on a crazy hot heater, I, but sometimes I you think get... that's it. I think, you know, I think he's, he's bound to cool off. But he's, and like, he just can't miss. I know, but think about, like, to me, this reminds me almost like D-Wade in, like, the finals when they beat Dallas the first time. Like, Agreed. If he's not the just, best player, he's ascended into the top three or four clearly. From what we and seen. then when you and when when you and sometimes when you're one of the best, you can get on a heater that you play the best. Clear. Uh, somebody tweeted it um, that he's the gap between him being the best shooting guard and the second best shooting guard is larger than the gap between the best player at that position and any other best position. And Absolutely. I, I, he's and he's making that's you know he's making that pretty clear. He's just yeah insane. Yeah, I mean Mitchell and Brown. Good players, great players. I mean, they're not this guy. <laughs> we saw Don Mitchell last series. He's not this guy. We've seen Jalen Brown. He's a really good player, great two-way player. He's not this guy. This guy is uh he's really kind of hit his peak offensively. So that continues to be a great series. Um, one last thing on quickly before we get to the game four re- uh, preview. Like, what what do you attribute to his struggles? Like, like, is he just is he run out of gas? Like, what like is are the defenses changing? Like, what what's happening with him? Because like I said, nine. 34% shooting, like that's not Emmanuel quickly. Uh, two couple things. One, we will talk about it. it. Certainly, if the Knicks lose in five, if the Knicks lose in six, we'll see how it plays yeah. out. Does the playing guys a ton of minutes during the regular season, does Tibbs approach, has that worn them down a little bit in the postseason? Yeah. Um, is Randall emotionally, physically exhausted? You know, is Brunson. Listen, the guy stepped on ankles. You can't blame that, those injuries. Um, yeah. But, you know, Brunson didn't have a specific injury. It's more of just a wear and tear thing. Um, that's a story for another day. We won't get into that. Um, yeah. So, But I, I say that to say, you know, maybe because IQ was, you know, really seen as – again, we, we, the, the major complaint at the end of last season, the second half of last season was – how come this guy can't get you know 29 minutes a night, um, 30 minutes a night? Uh, this this season he has right from basically since the start of the season. So you know has he worn down a little bit? I personally think it's just you know we've seen IQ. He had a you know he'll have a cold January and then be on fire for February March, then slow down a little yeah. bit in April. Um, you know sometimes you get that with you know good shooters not great shooters. Um, the, the the thing that surprised me about IQ is his inability to contribute, you know, with assists. And um, so I'm not worried so much about the, um, the, the the shots not falling. He's still really been a really solid defender, was fantastic defensively in the Cleveland series. Um, you know, he just was was really good. Um, so I, 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 I'll just the one other thing we'll close with IQ um, is I can't, I can't help but think the Knicks this presents a buy low opportunity for New York this offseason if they want to offer him a contract extension. I'm yeah, sure I'm sure three weeks ago, a month ago, his agent was thinking a hundred plus million um more than that, you know, in, in that in that yeah. type of range. If you don't want to meet my price, I'll hit free agency. I'm I'll be the six minute year. Now do you do you, do you throw a low out offer and they come back at you know somewhere a little bit more moderate and then they say okay, we'll cave, but really get him below what they could have paid, you know, in, in a little while ago. Yeah, just like Julius Randle had that play performance in 2021, and the exactly. contract they got was, you know, very advantageous to them. So exactly. we'll see what happens with IQ. Doubtful for Game Four. The Knicks do have it a chance though to take back home court against the Heat uh, in Game Four in Miami. New York comes into the game as a four and a half point underdog, according to Vegas. Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, both listed as questionable on the Heat injury report, but are expected to play. This is a, a important game for the Knicks. Crucial teams that go down three one in the best of seven series in a two two one 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 format are nine and one seventy six in NBA history. So only nine teams in NBA history in this format have come back from a three one deficit. I was actually shocked that the number was that low. And in fact, one of those teams were the Miami Heat uh, because of what happened with uh, Charlie Ward and PJ Brown in ninety seven. So uh, this is not. Uh, it's something you want to stare down if you're the Knicks being down 3-1. But if they lose, that will be the scenario the Knicks will be in. So uh, I'm assuming you think this is definitely a must-win here. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the numbers. Um, I don't want to – the Knicks won no parts of giving Jimmy Butler, you know, three chances to win one game. So, yeah, exactly. Um, 
you know, it's just, uh, you, you, you know, a, a team that fights as hard and is competitive, you know, it's not like a, a team that's, you know, going to take a bunch of three pointers and they miss, they can go cold, like the, the rockets, you know, like the, the, the hard rockets where you can, you know, run off some victories. Um, I think if you just, and, and more than anything, just to, for your own self-confidence, um, you know, you, you got to pull out a victory tonight. Yeah, definitely a must win here. You can't go down three, one. Uh, this is a heat team that is, so disciplined, so yeah. uh, war ready, so yes. battle tested that I can't imagine any Heat team, especially the one that's which Bolstra and Jimmy Butler are blowing a three-one lead. Right. So you got to find a way to take back home court here. This is a must-win. I think when you talk about keys to winning this game, um, I think one it starts really with Tibbs. Like I think that like this has to be his best coaching performance tonight. Like, I think that the adjustments have to be uh, immediate. They have to anticipate what Miami will do differently. What's crazy about Miami is they they don't play every game the same. Like, they game one, they had a certain strategy. Then game two, maybe some of it was in, influenced by Jimmy Butler, but I don't know if it was. Like, game two, all of a sudden they come out in zone. And something the Knicks didn't see much in game one. And then game three, the Knicks see no zone. And they instead have Butler guarding uh, R.J. Barrett. Like, Every game is different. So who's to say there isn't another adjustment that we don't see coming from the Miami Heat? Win, lose, or draw, they make adjustments. So so Tibbs has to be ready for the adjustment that may come. He has to be ready to make adjustments. I agree. The Josh Hart starting experiment has run its course. There is no reason to start him anymore. Um, Jimmy Butler has shown he can get his job against anybody. Quentin Grimes can guard him. Just put him on him and, and get us that shooting in the in the starting lineup because it will at least open the floor. Yes. He's a shooter that you have to respect. I I want 10 three-point attempts from Grimes tonight. If he uh, yeah, he's got like he's got to throw it up. If he makes right, only one... three, so be it. That may lead to five Jalen Brunson right. floaters, which is which you know gets points on the boards. And, and the thing about adjustment with Tibbs, my my thinking, you know, uh, after game 3 was it's like Tibbs entered it, you know, to use a football analogy, it's like, all right, we're going to come in, we played a team in week 7, um, and, and, you know, we, 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 figured out a, a strategy here. We're going to run the ball just continuously. They were in a shell, you know, dime defense. And, um, so yeah. what we're going to do is we're just going to run the ball down their throat and, and have success that way. You start the first play of the game and they got eight defenders in the box and you still oh, yeah. hand it off, you know, dive yeah. after dive after dive. If it's not working, you got to start intermediate routes and throw some, throw some deep balls. Um, that's what the Knicks failed to do. You know, they were, they were preparing for this one, you know, kind of amoeba zone defense and, you know, RJ gave Vincent being guarded by, uh, by Gabe Vincent and it just didn't happen. And, and the Knicks didn't adjust. So um, yeah, those two things. And I think uh, sliding uh, Grimes into the starting lineup, getting him some shots is, uh, is obviously key as well. And one of the things about that adjustment as well with Gene Butler on RJ, which is why Grimes being a starting lineup is so important is by having Hart out there, another non-shooter, Butler also was allowed to roam yes. way more. Yeah. So now he's in passing lanes. He's helping off on Brunson. So it made Brunson's life hell to begin with. So you got to get uh, Grimes out there, even though, you know, Butler will still be on RJ. Having another shooter out there will space the floor a bit more. I agree. Grimes got to put it up. The one thing about IQ, I know he shot four for 12, but he saw a couple go in. And yes. I was actually kind of saying, okay, maybe game four, he'll, break yep. through because he's seen some go in it was unfortunate he got hurt like Grimes has to see some go in it means yes. he's got to yes. shoot he's got to get opportunities so that's also on Brunson and Randall say hey they got to get him the ball yes um, they got to trust the pass too often you're seeing both these guys just pound the ball pound the ball pound the ball instead of getting the getting defense moving from side to side swinging the ball yes. and allowing the defense the heat defense actually to play defense as opposed yes. to just kind of playing an area which is what we've seen a lot of this series so um so the adjustment from Tib, they got to move the ball more um, and the defense has to be a lot tighter. They have to be a lot more intentional. They have to be more intentional in what they're doing. So, you know, Randall, when you're closing out, you know, you can't just kind of jog out there. Um, if you're going to double, you got to double really hard. But if you're doubling, the whole defense has got to be in tune. So if you're doubling off Struis, RJ Barrett, you got to rotate over. Like, everybody's got to be all in on the game plan. Also, I, we still haven't seen it enough. Like, they got to switch some of these screen actions. Like, yes, I don't – there's yes. no reason – uh, when get uh, when Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent are setting an off ball screen, that you're not switching that. There's switch. no reason. There's no reason. So these are clear adjustments. The fact that they didn't happen after game two is a little alarming because it makes you think that maybe Tibbs is willing to live with some of this stuff. Now down two uh, one, I hope that Tibbs comes into this well with almost a game seven approach. Like right. whatever you've done, 
throw the kitchen sink into this game because you have to win this game. Agreed. Compete. And more than anything, just play hard. Yeah. You'll give yourself a chance to win. Yeah, and that's what yeah, and that's why I like I mentioned Mitch uh, in the beginning, and uh, I want to throw Mitch and Hartenstein in there. Like they kind of need a big game. Like, I think in some ways, like they can kind of they can kind of set the tone with their physicality yeah. the way Jimmy Butler and Bam can set the tone uh defensively with uh with the heat. Like I kind of want to see Mitchell Robinson, you know, make some impact plays on the glass, maybe going after uh loose balls. Like he's so good in the offensive glass. The Heat have done a pretty good job keeping him in check. Like I'd love to see a big Mitchell Robinson game on the class, and um and and Hartenstein got to come in and, and make a difference. We had Alex Donald last week, and he talked about the big difference Hartenstein made in Game Two. He needs to have that same impact in Game Four, and I, I feel like the Knicks are. I think this will be a competitive game. I don't think this will be what we saw in Game Three, regardless of whether or not Emmanuel quickly plays. But I think the thing that will come down to is. Late down the stretch, fourth quarter, can they match the shot making for the Heat? And that's where Brunson and Randall got to make some plays. Agreed. Um, again, the, the prerequisite is that they come out with the with the with the necessary effort. Um, and no cheap shots, no foul, but but you yeah. know, but just just play hard and, and and you know the way they played for most of the regular season, um, show up tonight. Yeah, I said it on Saturday. My decree if I was Tibbs is if you are injured, put on street clothes and cheer from the bench. Yep. If you are going to play, you give maximum effort every possession. Otherwise, you're gonna be sitting next to me, and that has to be the decree for every guy, every guy on the court. That includes Randall, that includes Brunson, that includes everybody. Um, if you set that kind of mentality coming into this game, I think the Knicks will have a good result. So we'll see what happens. Game four, uh, Monday night. We're recording this Monday, so later on this evening. So uh, it's a big one. Make sure <laughs> you're ready. Got your stuff ready. Uh, you know, this is this is the biggest game of the season by far uh, for the Knicks here. So um, we'll be back to talk about it as well. But that'll be it for this episode on to Group Us. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Um, Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, Action EJ. Again, this is on the Blue Bloods, the WFBN Odyssey original. You get these podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time you drop. Drop three times a week. We'll have two more episodes this week recapping the game and previewing playoff games from this Heat Knicks series. Uh, also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can check us out both on the Odyssey Sports Channel and the WFN channel so you can watch the videos as well as the segments of videos from this podcast. So, uh, Odyssey Sports, WFN, you'll find where you'll find that. But that'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.